0: Dan, it's one of those weeks when football seems a bit meaningless, when there's a war raging just a few hundred miles away from London, where you are. But there has been football. There weren't many fireworks at Old Trafford, I have to say. What do you want to get into first? United's uh, limp performance? Should we talk oh. about what's going on with um, the football aspect of the
1: Ukraine-Russia Go on then, let's, that, let's, stuff. let's do that.
0: yeah. Where do we start? There's a whole bunch of stuff with else we can get into, but the United angle here is that they appear to have, or at least exploring or trialing, trialing the balloon of cancelling their deal with Aeroflot, which I have to say I didn't realise was majority state-owned. Paul and I had talked about United's link to the Saudi Telecom and other less than savory regimes, and didn't realise <laughs> exactly where um, this money was coming from. Um, I
1: mean, the thing is, it's one of those situations, isn't it, where if they really cared it wouldn't be like this in the first place
0: well that's very true yes yeah and um,
1: people only really they only really care now it's gone like this and it will be the consideration i don't imagine will involve the words right and wrong it no. will involve the words can we get away with it or not yep because yep, it's, it's, it's in that kind of line between well although someone told me yesterday that on the sort of kind of similar point that I read last week that Putin controls more money than anyone else in the world. Yeah, and someone told so. me yesterday that for being president of Russia, you get like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year or something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I so you this guy is somehow worth about nine hundreds 000, of billions <laughs> yeah. billion pounds or something. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, we can we can laugh about it, but. The role that sport and football has played in all of this is not to be underestimated. I mean, we've got, no, I agree. Yeah. We've got Putin and Abramovich's money in Chelsea. And yeah, I always thought, and I know it has been written, that Putin Abramovich bought Chelsea because it, around the time people like, like people that knew Putin and crossed him started to disappear. So that suddenly, who's Roman Abramovich? Oh, that's Roman Abramovich, and getting rid of Roman Abramovich in that way would be a problem in a once he bought Chelsea. But I mean, there's another, the other option is that he was told by Putin to buy Chelsea as part of this diversifying money into places like London so that you kind of start buying influence and buying power and make much harder to take the money back. So yeah, one of those two things. I'll tell you what didn't happen. He didn't sit there with a chubby watching United and Real Madrid in 2003. <laughs> yeah. That is not, that is not why Putin... That's not why Abramovich owns Chelsea.
0: It's a nice story, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Caroline Belton wrote a book called P- Putin's People in which she asserted that, uh, that that exact thing had happened. I-, I believe they're in court at the moment. So, you know, there's a defamation lawsuit going on. Hey, it's all speculation, folks. And not that um, Roman Abramovich would care much about what we say on this here podcast. But yeah, look, the uh, Abramovich's wealth has been well documented and his links to Vladimir Putin have been well documented to to the extent that i think it's fairly well accepted now that he was part of the interview panel basically when uh, putin was first getting into um, national politics Because i wonder
1: how that went so vlad tell us about yeah, time exactly. you showed initiative <laughs> is it a behavioral interview or are they looking for competency here <laughs> you know exactly what are your thoughts on polonium and its usage <laughs> how many do you think so putin is i think he's 68 yeah and it's a recurring conversation in my marital home is whether I or me and a few of my equally unhard gobshite mates would it take to have Putin given me 68.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's 68, but he fights bears or at least the propaganda in the propaganda he does. I so.
1: don't imagine yeah. his punch resistance is what it was. There's Channel 4 did a kind of profile, three-parter on Putin. Okay. I watched it when I was in bed with Corona. So it would have been March 2020. Yeah, which is really good for anyone who wants to get to know a little bit more about Putin and understand how he came to power. Funnily enough, I don't think it really like gets to like what's he doing and why. Yes. Which, but it is still it is still really good. I reckon it would be me and two of my mates, and that would that would be enough. You reckon you could have him? <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's uh, if you watch that. That's, yeah. I don't we'll uh, we'll get some special forces helicopters and drop you in there directly into the
0: Kremlin, and you can. Uh, but you
1: can we're go. talking talking about the way football is responsible for all this. Yeah. They gave him they gave him a World Cup, yeah, that enabled him to do something that placated his people, to make a load of money, to build and that uh, build alliances and expand yep. expand the soft power, and... uh, which is
0: we've seen has been very important in their development of their relationship with. China, for
1: example. Right. You've got the Winter Olympics, which yep. have been in Beijing and were previously in Sochi. And yep. and it was the things about the World Cups that are particularly egregious, and the Qatar World Cup as well, is yep. if they hadn't gone there, no one would have said, why is it going there? Yep. Why, hasn't, why has not it not gone there? No, right. The, the Russia's slightly different. Obviously, Russia's a legitimate football country. So in theory, giving it, giving it to Russia would be like that. But there was other countries that like Russia were not favorites to get it and that it did go to Russia, again, it seems extremely unlikely that it was just everyone was bowled over by by the bid. The quality of their technical presentation, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And
0: it, yeah, sport has a lot to answer for here, the, the IOC and at FIFA, um, and of course, you know, UEFA, the recent European Championships, uh, were partially held in Russia and Hungary, where there are some interesting leadership. Uh, in both those countries, uh, Infantino took the Medal of Freedom or whatever it was called off, off Vladimir Putin as well. Sport loves the strong man until they don't. And now we're reckoning with the results of that.
1: I think it's also that it has become the case that football, particularly English football, but football is the best way to speak to the greatest number of people in the world. It's pretty much the only thing that crosses religion, sex, sexuality, borders um, there's race there's nothing like that because lots of other stuff that might be like that is forbidden in some places on grounds sure. of religion or might have might be less penetrable on grounds of language. But football and English football in particular, if you want to speak to a lot of people that is the way to get to speak to the biggest number of people across the widest possible, uh, boundaries because and it works sport washing is a pretty new term and
0: encompasses a lot of different ideas but it works it works very successfully and Manchester City and the Abu Dhabi regime have successfully weaponized a whole community of people and then also got a positive message uh, alongside and that's that's what you know uh, Putin in a 2018 World Cup did as well
1: it's interesting because obviously the internet is helpful for this for them, but I think the internet has made it harder to get away with it. Not to get away with it because obviously the rules are still lax, so you can get away with it. Yeah. But for people to not see what's actually going on now. When Abramovich bought Chelsea, it was only about how much money he was going to spend, this billionaire who no one really knows who he is, but it was only about the money. Then when Abu Dhabi bought City, I myself, like, I mean, I feel ashamed at how ignorant I was at the time, but I was bitching in print saying that it was anti-competitive and not fair on the clubs that were trying to build their way for someone to just be like a country to just be like here like that felt anti-competitive to me and the ability to go from one place to another place so quickly when it's not meant to be like that and gradually I like, and I think it probably is mainly the internet that you are able to engage with more and more ideas yeah. and probably the, probably the fact that you're able to read newspapers for free on the internet these days as well probably yes. not unrelated to that um
0: yeah. you're certainly right that the dissemination of, in, of uh, information because of the internet and the ability to reach into other countries news media and cultures and get some of the truth of what is happening out there is, has increased over the and last to create a news years. feed
1: right. to, yeah you can create it on twitter or whatever you basically create a news feed to your interests so it means sure. things that you might be interested in don't escape you and I think you kind of get to hear about things that are adjacent to the things that you're interested in that also then yeah. become interests. And, but yeah, it's just harder to suppress information. It, it is harder, but but that is also an argument made
0: by people saying, hey, sport washing doesn't work. Right? But oh, I no, think, definitely. What, yeah, I'm what, not saying it doesn't it, work. No, I know you're not saying that, but mm. the totality of the positive message that Abu Dhabi have created by building Citigroup and all of this and the geniuses that they are in in doing this has been has you know, been a net benefit for the, the country and clearly it's a, a minimal investment for the impact as well. Football's always had this problem where it's little big business in that it can't monetize its reach in in a way that you'd expect for for the interest level, right? It's a five billion pound a year industry in the UK. And and it's quite small compared to the global reach, but flip it around the other way. And that global reach is really, really useful, isn't
1: it? The problem um, in the end, it really is for so much comes down to the fact that football is just too good. Yeah, it really it's too good for its own good. Yeah. And yep. that is why we are where we are. It took people a long time, it took money and power. A long time to realize how good football was. Yeah, but it's interesting <laughs> in some countries that was
0: recognized
1: like its importance. But in, in this country, it was it was not to the Italian like make Italian ninety is always seen as the watershed. I'd say like probably like Mexico eighty six people were going pretty mad mad for football even at that point. Obviously, there was still a lot of terrible stuff that had to yet happen, and yes. the full re- the full rehab came after where where basically yeah like rich people decided it was all right to like it came much came after Italian 90 but yeah P, the country was gripped by mexico 86 also
0: the second part of that is the way you decide to structure your football right so in germany and parts of spanish football obviously there's a lot of mutual ownership and it's seen as a um because it's important socially that's seen as more important than the financial benefit. That was not the case in England. The the Premier League and the clubs decided, with the government support, that a laissez-faire approach to ownership was the way, and, and that's why we now have... Two state-owned clubs and one quasi-state-owned club and coming back full circle (laughs) to to what has been happening in the world this week and the role of certain people in it. And we're going to have a reckoning. We're going to have a reckoning because it might well be that Roman Abramovich is going to be on the list of people to be sanctioned. He's on Navalny's list of 35 most important oligarchs in Russia. So, you know.
1: (laughs) What this that is, on my days, I know, I know. It's... What a night out that would be with those words. <laughs> the hive of scum and villainy, right? Like, what do they? What are people like that even talk about? Yeah, it's just—it's—it's it's just so odd to kind of ponder the mental toll. I imagine it must take being so rich. It, it would be hard, but I'd be willing to test it out
0: for the benefit of the listeners. I can let you all know how it goes. So. Would you, would
1: there's a Patreon,
0: please, everyone. <laughs> exactly. Add a couple of zeros, maybe four or five. You, you're right. It must be such just an odd world. Because but, the stuff that you know you've had to do to get to that point. Yeah. I woke up this morning to reports that the Chelsea Board of Trustees, who I didn't know existed, who are apparently part of the foundation, Chelsea Foundation, don't actually want to be the front for Roman Abramovich, which is his grand
1: scheme. And yet, what have they said about Roman Abramovich between 2004 and now? Because what's, just, Nothing. Come, what's yeah. just come to light about Roman Abramovich has in fact not just come to light. The yeah summary. well ex-
0: exactly exactly the football has found its moral center there were some very touching scenes with alexander zinchenko at manchester city yesterday and united obviously cancelled the aeroflot deal or are about to cancel it and i was like the football suddenly found its moral center i mean we've just
1: we've just signed up this the saudi government murdering white people is basically that's that's beyond the pale that's appears to be where the line is that was the line yeah.
0: that we couldn't cross yeah yeah because you know there's 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 obviously been a 10 year old war in Yemen going and you yeah, know, absolutely brutal impact on billions there and uh, yeah. anyway politics cast but it, it's like politics and sport are the same thing as i often say to people like, sport is politics and politics is sport it's, the idea
1: that you have to keep <laughs> one away from the other like number one why would you want? Like, you, why would you want to? Number two, doing nothing is a decision. So if you say we're yep. keeping politics out of sport, that is a political decision. I'm afraid oh, sure. this is an unfortunate paradox for someone that wants to argue to the contrary. But there we are. <laughs> and the other thing is, a World Cup is bodies demar- demarcated by with borders, playing, yep. in, engaging in competition against another of the same with flags kits and anthems yeah political entity against political entity and you're telling yes. me that sport politics have nothing to do with each other no exactly they they are all the same thing which i mean
0: look we'll see what the how the consequences play play out in the in the next few weeks i mean it's obviously there are real humans involved on the ground in ukraine at the moment who are suffering i met up with um denny's at world is red on twitter at the stockholm europa league final shout out to him thinking about him now my one minor connection to Ukraine but we'll see how this plays out with the politics of it all Uh, I imagine there's a lot more to come on the Chelsea front anyway shall we move on to the football it wasn't so joyful United nil Watford nil which of United's 22 shots
1: were closest to going in then oh man I prefer I preferred it when we were good I've decided... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, did you? <laughs> but no, the thing is, is I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 43 years old next week. I've right. seen enough in those years, football and not football, to understand the place of football in these things. Like, uh-huh. United were winning stuff from, from my last year in primary school to, when, to, to my mid-30s. Yep. So I'm all good with what winning in football is like and what losing at football is like, but... What I find, I have never watched a team as maddening as this particular iteration of United. And what we see from them is just like, it's just the sniveling limpness of it all. And yeah, I'm going to go back to the Atletico game because that was a collective bowl of the most pathetic kind. It really was. The way that the manager called them out for it. He pretty he, much he really said did. afterwards, he really did. I told them what to do and they bottled it, so they didn't do it. Like he left yes. out the... The, they bottled it a bit, but he told them what to do. They didn't do it. And then they basically realised with about 15 minutes to go that if they put effort in, they're actually good enough to be out there. Goes, well, they go, any good not just good? They've got a few good players. It's scored an unbelievable goal. Like one of the greatest ends I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. But other than that, they just put a bit of pressure
0: on. This was not Liverpool or City-esque pressing from Atletico. They just put a bit of pressure on, as you said. And United were... Absolutely unable to do any of the basics in that game, and uh, Ragnick said afterwards, Oh, not, not only was he about he's pretty pointy about antony Alanga coming on. And one, he takes instruction, and because he said that before, uh, and two, he plays with some joy. I i thought it was all quite pointy that interview, yeah. And, and exactly. he, the other thing he also said was that we didn't talk about tactics at half time, so maybe, maybe as a hairdryer, it was just all. like,
1: Stop being dickheads, put some effort in. And so, I was kind of thinking because you. Why, why do I think this is? Because yep. I said something last week, that if you go through the players individually, there are one or two who you think are a bit shifty, but otherwise, like they're not people that scream mental weakness particularly. They might, those of them that you think aren't good enough, but there aren't that many that I think are that weak. And then I was kind of thinking that as a collective, as a body, they've seen a lot of managers come and go. Or so there's a point where it's like, well, if you don't like this one, doesn't really matter because there'll be another one along in a minute and also they've been now been told what to do some of these guys like even Marcus Rashford who some we think of as young he's played for Van Gaal he's played for Mourinho he's played for Ole he's played for Carrick and now he's playing for Ragnick and he's going to be playing for someone else and yeah it'll be 25
0: and it'll be six managers in for sure And if you think
1: about all these players that they've been told a lot of different things by a lot of different people and they have one thing in common and that one thing in common is they don't fucking work. So, yeah, yeah. So that being the case, why are they gonna have confidence in what anyone in particular, unless that person comes with an unimpeachable CV? Where, like, so yeah. if it's Klopp or Guardiola, maybe for them, if Pochettino comes, there'd be that, that some of them. The, the English ones might think, well, my mates from England say that this guy's brilliant, and he's got some charisma, and we know he did well this week. Maybe that will do it, but. They don't have any individual confidence in themselves when they're playing for United in the same way because the stuff they get told doesn't work. And obviously the yeah. stuff they get told doesn't work partly because of them, but also the stuff that they get told doesn't work. And, and that's individually, but also particularly collectively. There's no... They don't have a lot of... They've got a lot of going behinds to come back from, but they don't have a lot of when you really need to produce it, you produce it and they know that they can which is one of the reasons I think that that win against Wolves, or I talked about the win against Wolves, the other win against Wolves Arsenal had, but this other win against Wolves I think will, might be a, the, the way Arsenal squad will see it because it's something that they've done together and they'll, they think it's a big deal even if it isn't. But, so yeah, yeah, that's my analysis. That's my cod psychology of why I think that they keep, they keep falling apart with barely any encouragement whatsoever.
0: The the Arsenal's win against Wolves did feel big just because they weren't very good and they scored two really late goals and it was against ostensibly a a rival for one of those European spots. In the same way that United's sort of really limp performance against Watford, 67% possession, 22 shots, two on target, also felt kind of consequential because we're looking for some kind of evidence that they're going to respond to both the the manager the interim manager who's clearly not going to get the job or the situation at hand have some personal responsibility because they want they want success don't they they're all going to take a 20 to 25 percent hit on their salaries plus all the bonuses if they're not in the champions league but it's not motivation enough apparently to (laughs) produce consistent performances
1: yeah, I mean, this was another great great interview from Ralph where he basically says that, I mean, he says, our job as coaches is to help the team create enough chances. The number of clear-cut chances we had today had to be enough to win a game like this. And yeah. I believe that's a translated version, but the literal translation of what he said in German was, um, I can't finish for you, dickheads. <laughs> like, yeah, it, definitely, it was
0: definitely that. Yeah. We're
1: now at a point where United are making loads of chances in pretty much every game. Yep. And they're also not giving up that many chances.
0: Yeah. And... I think I've I think it's across the last it's four or six games. I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, United's XG is something like 16 with six goals. And, and <laughs> it was two and a half yesterday. It's eleven goals from 140 shots. Yeah, it's two and a half XG. That is not valiant Watford defending well. That's crap finishing. And and it's crap finishing right across the ball. I mean, it doesn't help that that anywhere inside the halfway line Ronaldo will shoot from, just anywhere. He has one goal in 10 appearances now, the last 10, Uh, and he's looking. I say he looks older than he's 37 currently. He's gone because you don't think he's going to lose the finishing. He's definitely lost his first touch. The amount of times he's hobbling. He looks like he's hobbling around as well and and it bounces off his shins that went with Rooney much earlier for different reasons but it's it just seems to have gone and I can't see the benefit of like absolutely flogging this dead horse at the moment except for Mason ain't going to be playing for a while. Rashford's confidence is absolutely in the toilet. Martial was desperate to get out, and Cavani's never fit. So there aren't many options, are there? And maybe it's a worse option to play Bruno as a false nine or Rashford up there than play Ronaldo. But he's he's not helping United. He's just a static pole there, and and when he gets the ball, he can't finish anymore. It's... So none of it's none of it's good for United.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. I sort of the way I look at it. At this point, is that I think that what the Atletico game said to me is because I had previously thought that this team had a punch's had a puncher's chance of winning any cup because I think that on a good day they could beat anyone. But what that Atletico game told me is that they might have the ability and even be able to play well enough as a team to beat anyone, but mentally they absolutely have not got it to keep turning up in knockouts.
0: I, I think the only way United win knockout games, honestly, because uh, I think it's something like United have only won two of 14 Champions League knockout games since Fergie left. Like two knockout wins in all those years and um or yeah Olympiacos. it's a very low number, anyway. and one of them yeah. was, there was Olympiacos tonight. one of them was Olympiacos right after one of the worst performances and there'd be many of those <laughs> <laughs> in living memory but unfortunately been quite a that lot was, that yeah soundtrack. that was
1: high up in the worst that was one of the worst worst uh, yeah,
0: the the idea that United is somehow a, a European force and can dictate these games is it seems fanciful. So, coming back to my thought, I, I think if if United went back to this, like playing the ollie way, like defensive and playing on the break, it couldn't be with Ronaldo in the team. But maybe there's a chance. I I, I don't see this United team trying to go toe to toe because for all those talented players. They, they're not scoring goals. They're but just, you, know, I, you
1: see, I'm not, not too enough. I'm about yeah. the way they're actually playing is not bothering me that much at the moment because they're actually playing. Okay. Like I tell you, like the last 15 minutes yesterday, I didn't like that used to be the case. I think Danny Taylor wrote it that United chasing a game was the most enthralling sight in football. Yeah. And what that meant was even when it didn't work out, even when they lost, you felt satisfied at the end that they'd given absolutely everything yeah. and there wasn't anything that hadn't been done and you yeah. can't win them all. And it was, quite possible to be reasonable. Obviously it's also easy to be reasonable when you're also winning everything in sight at the same time, but there's a kind of constipated panic about the way these went about those last 15 minutes that at the end of the game, it was was aggravating. It wasn't, there was no level of, they've done everything possible to do it. Part of it is that I know they are all trying, but they don't always all give the impression that they've all run themselves into the ground. In, oh, no, the intensity it, level in the, was low. In the search I mean, of it. Like Bruno. Yeah. Bruno is usually an exception to that one. That, yeah. like, that Brighton game in particular, and those games around, the games before that, he did absolutely everything he could to try and bring about a win. And obviously we can see, we can criticise his finishing yesterday. He yeah. should never have missed that first. But a few couple he should never have missed. should never have missed that one against Wolves yeah. either. A home to Wolves were on the topic. But he's dragging himself off the pitch at the end of it. And that was what Fergie's teams used to do as well. And I don't yeah. really see that with most of these.
0: No, I think you're right. I think that last 15 minutes when they had Ronaldo, Rashford, Pogba, Bruno, Sancho, Sancho all on the pitch at the same time. Like also it's a full donut formation and, and, and just actually less was coming of it than before, you know. So the gamble didn't work. The intensity wasn't there. I, I don't think it was desperate.
1: It definitely wasn't desperate.
0: For I, mean, I mean, Ben Foster's hardly made a save.
1: Yeah, they made ben, enough for, for. chances to win many games. And yep. the fact that, I mean, the fact that they are making chances and not conceding many goals mm. on a regular now is a good thing. But I guess it would be easy to compare their inability to finish chances off to their mentally flopping the other day. Um because and you kind of, these things happen and you think maybe that will give them the kick up the ass that they need to get on with it from here. But you do sort of feel like Ralph is in a kind of technical and tactical way, do pretty much everything he can because he can't finish chances for them. And that is not a managerial issue. Um, I don't, he might not be the manager to force them to do that last bit of mental development that they need to do because yeah. he might not be inspirational and his deeds in the game so far appear to not be inspirational to the likes yes. of Luke Shaw or whoever else who, <laughs> and their panoply of <laughs> achievements. I don't know, but yeah, I think that he understands these players. He's doing generally doing a pretty sound job. I think it's never binary, is it?
0: But on the the sort of dichotomy between like managerial competence and uh, player effort. I'm falling on the man- The managers probably competent and the players uh, are not trying hard enough. Or you playing know, well enough. Whatever. Or, or playing well enough. Uh, and I don't really see that changing before the end of the, the season. The, the one hope in the search for this fourth place trophy is that the other teams are pretty inconsistent too. Spurs definitely are. Wolves have lost two in a row now. And then Arsenal are the challenge really because they're two points behind with... Three games in hand, and I mean, they may stop scoring. Honestly, we you may know, beat them. May we
1: may beat them in the head-to-head. They're struggling to score. Might have to. And all it, all it was, all it takes, all it would have taken for United to have got maximum points the last four, or five games is sensible behaviour, or yeah. like even sensible minus behaviour would be would have been enough to get maximum points from the last few league games. So it doesn't feel like the next bit that they have to surmount is very significant or should take them very long to do but obviously you can't say anything when you're talking about this particular group of individuals
0: yeah I, if you're just looking at the data from a data point of view you'd say oh, massively underperforming the HG. it's got a reverse they're command, reversing right? yeah just yeah you'd, you'd make that assumption i i don't know whether something has to change though just to make force that and you know ronaldo yesterday uh, he lost possession a third of the time he got the ball and he didn't get the ball very often because he doesn't move anymore. He's not and doing
1: it, anything. He's a net negative to the team currently. That's it, what it comes just, down he's to. He's just standing the, there. Yeah. And if you think that so, he may want well to stay next season, pro- we may not want him to stay next season. I wouldn't want him to stay next season anything other than an impact sub. It, it's 10% of United's
0: playing budget. And more. So, so more if impact, you so, yeah. so
1: if you think that we're not going to win the Champions League and I, as I said, like, this is a reluctant position I've taken. I um, had based on the fact that I don't trust them to not collapse mentally rather than anything else. Uh And fourth now appears to be a long shot too. There's not a whole lot of point playing players that are not going to be United next season
0: that's an interesting argument isn't it i mean there's going to be a lot of players on you know Cavani aren't Ronaldo may or may not be i mean imagine he'll be seeking to Paris Saint-Germain or Newcastle or wherever whoever can afford his wages if if United aren't in Champions League i can't see him slumming it in the Europa or the conference
1: i almost Although, want us to be in it for him to have to do that with the youth team go and inspire them yeah
0: exactly yeah uh a Europa Conference group game at uh, FC Reykjavik or whatever. Three people and a sheet. I'd quite enjoy that game, but I can't see it. And look, what is it? Five of them out of contract, a whole bunch of others that need to go in the summer. They're a lot of, lot of refreshed. And United have never, on the executive level, have to be capable of actually achieving... Um, but it's an argument for the players who aren't going to be there, who aren't inspired or inspiring. What's the point?
1: Yeah. You want to you want to be good next season. And the way you'd be good next season is you start to think, well, what's the team going to look like next season? And those players who are going to be involved should be the ones who are playing. I mean, it feels like Langer is now in the team. The yeah. last time it took a goal from Rashford, all Rashford had to do basically was score a nice goal. And then he, pretty much got his spot back. Um, But now, like, it looks like Adang is going to stay. I thought he played pretty well yesterday. He was I like his movement. I think he does add some
0: dynamism to United. He's got some important goals. And, you know, I I can't, as a pod, I don't really know what his ceiling looks like. But he's done enough to earn a place, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, we can see, I think that he is going to be a Premier League player. And he's probably be someone who'd be good enough to be a squad player for a good United team. I think that, I feel bad. I feel like Michael Owen got loads of grief for saying this the other day on BT. And I don't think he expressed it very well, which is why he got stick. And I'm sure he just got some stick because it was Michael Owen. But I actually got to defend him. And I think what he was more of that saying was he was saying he's not as good as Rooney and someone else he wasn't as good as, can't remember who. And the point I don't think isn't to say that Elanga always isn't a good player or that no one should be enjoying what Elang is doing. It's that to play in the front three for United, in theory, you should be one of the best in the world in your position. And he doesn't sure. know whether Lang is going to be that, and I think that that is fair. He he could go on to be that. He's got ability. I would like him. He needs to tidy up his touch and his finishing a little bit. Um, and it, like it's things that you can easily do. Uh, I don't know that you can easily do them. Don't think. I don't think he's as technical a player as Rashford was at his age. Like if you think about the goals that Rashford scored against West Ham, against City yeah. when he first broke through, I'm not sure Lang is able to do that, but. He might be able to do some different things. But as far uh-huh. as it goes at the moment, he more than deserves his place in the team. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's just a pleasure. Because Rio did some good analysis of him where he said, like, he just, he's, he's desperate for it. And it comes through when he plays. And the other thing that Rio didn't mention I always think is significant is that he really thinks he's good enough. And and, and it, he's not been infected by the negativity
0: that is coursed through this squad for the last few years uh there's time to destroy it of course
1: no and he was and, running on the ball uh, yesterday and he i think it was one of the misses in the first half and he doesn't get the ball i think it's one go ronaldo misses but if he gives the ball and he's running in behind and he's screaming and pointing yeah. to where he wants the ball and you don't really see a lot of that <laughs> just uh yeah, i guess yeah. we might call it enthusiasm <laughs> you mentioned rashford
0: his form is starting to become like more than concerning, isn't it? Uh, but but it's his. What's the right way of putting it? His joy of playing at the moment is zero. He does not want to be on that pitch. He does not want the ball. Nothing he does works at all. He was dreadful against Atletico. He had well, I can't remember how many minutes yesterday against Watford and didn't do anything of any kind of consequence. So, having someone in the team that wants the ball, wants to score, wants to do his best. It's yeah. You know it's, it, it is enthusiastic? It has been infected by the disease that is is United at the moment. Is is nice, isn't it? Um, and maybe he'll score the goal somehow. Um, win you the European Cup, which will now be played in Paris.
1: The final. So in one of uh, another great the soulless corporate stadium. For, yeah, for worse. Yeah. It's worse uh, than Wembley. It's well, well, Wembley it? has. I've not been. I went. I was at the game that we lost to Lille in. I was, it, I was in o five o five o six with like Smith in midfield like the like the the game like sort of became over time crystallized as the it might be time for Fergie to do one the team are getting booed off and actually I'm I'm gonna I've got a segue here I do where (laughs) that that game was probably that group United played in that group with um Benfica Villarreal there was only about it was nine goals in all the games total something like that and um but the thing about the thing about that was the f- all coming away from all those games, you felt like you hadn't really seen a game. That the ball had barely been in play, and yeah. three minutes of injury time yesterday. Bugger all against Southampton and Burnley when, and there's no reason for this to be the case. It shouldn't be the case that if you're able to Brian McClair the ball off the goalkeeper, pick it up and run to the halfway line that should not affect the outcome of a game of football and the only way to do this is you do 30 minute halves ball in play time we see the clock we mm-hmm. see it stop when the ball's dead we see it start again and immediately the refs wouldn't have to worry about timekeeping which is so arbitrary and so much more yep. important sorting that out than sorting out var because when you go to a game and you come away and you think I'm not really seen a game and the stand i mean i ain't blame the players for it but they'll do anything to try and win obviously they're footballers why would they mm-hmm. not um but um that, that really does and i find it extremely agitating that 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 you don't get i was almost pleased when- i mean i wasn't pleased but well i was almost pleased when i was against wolves in the time when Arsenal scored the winner against wolves in the time that was being added because wolves have been time-wasting yep because you need to be able to watch a game of football, and it be it be a game of football, and not be about. It's just so easy to stop time wasting, just in that way that I just said it there. That's how you stop it. It, 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 is, being, it is being trialed. How many minutes do you reckon United would have needed yesterday to have scored? It two games worth. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh... it was. Yeah, I mean the United. Yeah, I mean who who who, who really knows just it's still when you think about it, just by you saying that has reminded me about it again like the inability to finish over the last few games and how yeah absolutely absurd it is players have scored loads of goals in their career yep you're talking about and i've not been to stade de france i've been a part
0: of prance actually which i thought was good fun um back in the day wembley is horrible
1: it's better it's much so it's much better than the stade de france because you're not it's right. a bit squarer and a bit steeper yeah, yeah, and that that always matters. I mean,
0: the, the old Wembley was obviously an absolute... the Latrine. Yeah, you're dr- stranding dr- dr- and piss all the time, yeah. Uh, and it had horrible sight because it was, um, you know, there was about a bottom row of seats to so the top row of seats and, uh, and some atmosphere. The new one doesn't. It always struck me, you know, watching sports here in the States, that although they're all brand new, soulless, horrible stadiums, they make an effort to make the experience bitter so i can go road and watch some horrible mls football at a giant stadium uh but there'll be a whole bunch of beer and food trucks and like lots of other fun stuff to do uh even if the sports crap um and uh, um, yeah something awful about wembley that doesn't have any of that atmosphere even if it's fake so you know? i don't
1: need yeah i don't i don't need anything other than a game of football it just yep. should B like the thing about Wembley in particular is that they had in They had so much money, they had so much money making it crap. Same as Emirates. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe the first the first away we played at the Emirates, and it was just like, Oh my god, you got rid of Highbury for this. Yeah. You yeah, didn't yeah. support your, the team that won the League in 04, and you got rid of one of the greatest football grounds in the history of the world for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And I just couldn't imagine like the way that your heart would sink when you went in for the first game. And as an Arsenal supporter, and you just saw that it was that. Because it, was, it wasn't it was one of the new new builds. They had time to see how not to do it. And then they went and did it anyway. Mm-hmm. The Stade de France is worse because yeah. it's shallower. It's even shallower than, than Emirates. And also Emirates has redemptive... It's it's like there's good food and drink around. Whereas uh, Saint-Denis is not... Well, it's right in the middle. Of, it's right in the middle of
0: Inlington as well. So I guess, you know, it's, you you're not, at least it was Stade de France is out of town, isn't it? anyway we've got a game next weekend against city city how's that gonna go um i tell you (laughs) one other thing they weren't actually that good against Everton, you know i have to say
1: one other positive about yesterday in the last couple of games is one bisaka looks to be on his way back maybe he's not he's not as bad as he has been over the last bit and he was always someone who had seemed like with a bit of coaching could become quite a lot better quite quickly. Over the amount of time he's been with United, I've sort of begun to wonder if he's just not going to be alert enough to be a top level defender. But I thought he, thought he looked much better yesterday, particularly in the first half and also the previous game. So hopefully, I mean, it, it seems, well, Dallow hasn't played for what, three games now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I f- probably see, and we've had a couple of the big ones there. So it seems like Wan-Bissaka has now got that place back. I think
0: P- potentially, yeah. Or unless unless Ralph sees, the, I think to like that.
1: <laughs> I hope not. Oh man! <laughs> After that that mess. So I think that I mean they could play well against C because again it's not like I object to the last fifteen minutes yesterday, but other than that, my objections are more to do with profligacy in front of goal and being being wimps. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting because they had they
0: they had sixty odd percent possession of the ball against Atletico. Don't want the ball, and the same against Watford, and this will obviously be completely the other way around. United will have none of the ball because we can't retain it.
1: Um, and, <laughs> I mean, or it'll be, it. or, or, or ch-
0: chase it, or chase it. Yeah. So I like assuming that Tom and A's fit. He's gonna play in Fred with midfield, and Bruno, if he gets the ball, we'll give it away because that's what he does. Or maybe create chance. I guess we know what the pattern of the play will look like in this game. We can't do what we did when Oli was in charge. It sounds like I'm just bashing on Ronaldo every other sentence here because but. he's not Martial. Yeah, you gotta surround him with quick players, and and on form it's Sancho and Alango, who are neither of whom are that quick. So, Alango's quick. He's is quick, he's so quick
1: enough. Yeah, it's quick enough. Yeah, Sancho's quite quick with the ball, but yeah, is quick, quick enough over the first two yards to. I get past most people and he'll fill out a bit as well, I think. I, ju- this, I just you- wonder
0: whether that's the, like the balance of the, that front three will even allows United to play on the, the break or or whether it's just be defensively solid and, and use our famed set pieces to win this game it just i mean like how united create chances looks looks dubious although obviously we've you know in six, cha- six games we've been creating chances so.
1: what i'm worried about is that from the kickoff City you get the ball and you know, i don't see it for the first 10 minutes and yeah. see in that 10 minutes yeah that that's what i'm worried about yeah and i'm not really worried if united can stay in the game they will make chance they'll make enough chances to wind us all up i promise yeah. you <laughs> City are oh, am good at the back United have got good attackers they've got a system that's working sort of I don't trust them to keep City out obviously or but I think my fear for that game is that they turn up and they're they're intimidated yeah and City City start quickly and I don't believe that they've got what it takes really to sit in the game in that kind of situation but like this weekend last year they beat City Quite comfortably, yes. Where the city were on a better run than the one that they're on now, yes. And it was the same players, except we now have around Jaden Sancho and Ronaldo. So it is, it's just so, it's, it's, they're very hard to understand these, this this lot. And if they, if they turn up and they are disciplined and they defend well and they attack well, then yeah, as I said, they they will create chances and. It feels like the, the converting of the chances will probably come. It'll probably come too late to salvage this season. And we will need someone who does it next season. But they're getting towards the point where you feel that they could beat anyone again because they are making chances. And it all reminds me a little bit of, I mean, obviously, the Havdil, as they say in Hebrew, which is where to like suggest you're just making a comparison, but it's not really a comparison. Before they signed Eric. Uh-huh. and obviously that team was almost completely apart from Eric and had brilliant yes, players in it more yes. than this one but there were games that were very similar to the ones that we're seeing where they just were on top and they just couldn't find their way to goal Yeah, yeah. and we saw it in the second half of 91-92 particular but also in the first half of 92-93 yeah. before Eric came there was two particular. I remember two games against Villa one in the league cup, one in the league, I lost them both 1-0 but the actual play was alright they just couldn't They couldn't find a way of finishing things off, and then they signed Eric, and then everything changed. Um, And it's also a bit like that with this team. Not that obviously they're not they don't have amazing players in other positions in the same way, but it is just that getting the round thing between the oblong thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's
0: one of the more important aspects of football. um, Still, one the possession. We're, yeah. They won the possession again yesterday. Won the That's XG for the sixth game two, in a row
1: or something. Two yeah. massive wins in a row, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can't say I'm coming into it uh, with all that much confidence. But look, City were pretty lucky. We'll talk about this more in the backers' content. They were pretty fortunate to beat Everton. Of course, they're going to have all of the ball. And it was one one piece of poor ending, I think, from uh, former United player Michael Keane that let Phil find it in and they were unlucky with a penalty
1: shout and all of that. So,
0: you know, details, but it, it, it didn't look like a terrifying city performance yesterday.
1: I would said it before. And also, I, I don't think this team are that good. The city team are that good. They're not in the same league. You might as the Guardiola's first team, that won the league here, right? The team that had Aguero and David Silva. And um, yeah, I, I just, I don't, and I don't think they're as good as that team were. Um, and you, it's not hard to pick areas where you can get at them. Yeah, yeah. And whether I mean, I'm saying that, like, yeah, Sharma. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, 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 I like, I
0: like, I like the ball case here. You know, let's let's
1: find reasons United can win. The, the centre backs aren't that good, but like, there'll always be a weakness in fullback on one side. You can get like Roger is a is a, a really good player. I'm not going to pretend he isn't, but he's not that quick. Yeah, you 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 can you can get around him. There are. There are opportunities against them, obviously. But, yeah, we'll we we're, we're just spur them. So
0: what can you do? All right. <laughs> I guess that's it for this week. We're, it's a 2 or 3 0 win coming up for United, surely. Honest. Uh, honest. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, well, it was last season. What was it? The Emirates? Not Emirates. The Etihad, get the right airline. It was 2-0, wasn't it? Well, we'd all take that. Thanks, everyone. I'm at NQATpod on Twitter. Dan's at Daniel Harris. Drop us a line, let us know what you think, and we'll see you all next week.